You know, Ray, I'm curious to know this because I think, honestly, sometimes I, I forget the fact that you are often criticized in the sense that you're a public figure. Millions have seen you through the videos and all the, di- the different stuff that we put out as a ministry. But you, you're, you're often getting criticized, whether it's by atheists, we have the banana man thing, or it's people that have accused you falsely of heinous things. There's that potential to become bitter. How do you deal with it? I delete them. <laughs> have them rubbed it's out. It's nice to have uh, that option. Um, huh? I, I get great joy when I see a comment, something really nasty on the YouTube channel, by saying, oh, thanks for sharing your thoughts. Pleased you watched. I hope your day's going well. God mm. bless you, Ray Comfort. And they come back with, oh, oh, same to you. I hope your day's going well, too. And it <laughs> makes me laugh how you can use love to touch people's hearts. But just digressing a little, I don't think anything convinces me how deeply ingrained we are in a spiritual battle as to when you've got the potential to become bitter because Satan will come back at you and keep bringing that memory back, bringing it, you think, I've forgiven, I've forgotten, I'm forgetting, and back it comes again mm. and again. And it's as though you can't stop it. And that brings us to 2 Corinthians 2 verses 11 and 12, which I'm sure you know. For indeed, I have, if I have forgiven anything, if I've forgiven anything, I have forgiven the one that for your sakes in the presence of Christ, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we're not ignorant of his devices. Mm. And if anything will steal your joy and your peace and your love and your kindness, it's a root of bitterness. It's a device of the devil and you've got to cut it off at the root. Frogging, 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 we're going to go frogging, and we are going to eat hot chicken with our hands. <laughs> that sounds like the beginning of Rawhide. <laughs> it remember, does. Remember Rawhide? Uh, Rawhide Ranch? I never watched uh, it sounded despicable like it stuff did. like that. Yeah, Is that so, a show? Is it that sounded a like the theme of Rawhide. It was... Uh, uh, On the old black and white telly? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, Eastwood's Rolling, rolling, rolling. Rawhide. <laughs> did I steal that too? Yes, you did. Yes. Oh, boy. That was wonderful. Uh, Ray, we've talked about this before mm-hmm. on the podcast. It's a highlight of my life, and I'm not kidding. But I want to I dive deep into it today for those let's, of you let's friends. Let's jump into it. Yeah, you like that? Hey. Play on. Uh, Ray, I, I want to go frogging. Uh, <laughs> so, Rachel. Rachel has fond memories. Why do you look depressed, Ray? <laughs> it's nothing to do with me. It's all to do with you. Seriously, you looked so dejected. <laughs> okay, so Rachel's always uh, she's always talked about this frogging thing. Uh, some have heard about it on other episodes, but for those who haven't, what's frogging, Ray? We had a woods or a forest behind our house that was about a mile into it, and we found this um, really nice pond, and it had frogs in it. And when I saw it, I thought, money. Because <laughs> you can green, take, you take, saw yeah, green. I saw green. Money. You can take tadpoles home, grow them into frogs, sell them to kids because they're like machines that hop around. You don't have to wind them up. <laughs> don't have to put batteries in them. So we sold. It's a lot of money in those days. We'd sell frogs for two bucks each, and it gave the kids spinning money to come to the U.S. Oh, the I forgot there was a, a, a filthy lucre component. Yes, there was a filthy lucre component. Did you eat them? We'd never eat frogs. Frogs are really cute. The, oh, the, the, the they taste of, delicious too. By the, the way. The, Plague of frogs to me is heaven. I couldn't think of anything better than these frogs falling from So heaven. you see them as pets and wouldn't eat pets, right, Ray? What's that? You see them as pets and you wouldn't eat pets. You would never have frog's legs? You're, you're leading up to something. <laughs> you you oh, surreptitious <laughs> Arab. How did you know? I no totally No wonder thought. there's wars in the Middle East. <laughs> chicken, Ray. You eat chickens, yes, Ray? Yes, but they're not pets. Yeah. I wouldn't eat our own chickens. Chickens are nice. Of course you should. No. Starving to death. On the break, oh, of, I, I would kill them and eat them. I'd feed my family definitely. If they come here, sweetie. Yeah. When we had chickens, I, I tried to convince my family to let me feed them cayenne for a few weeks before we slaughtered them. <laughs> so they have <laughs> like the, a live <laughs> marinade. They weren't having it though. That's really good. Awesome. So you still got chickens? Uh, nah, we ate them. <laughs> <laughs> no mas pollo. Yeah. Yeah, Ray. So you did this. Did you, you used to go in the water? I would go up to my neck, much to the kids. Um, they, they were very interested in how I did it. I'd go out to my net with a neck with a net and catch the frogs. Tremendously challenging because frogs are brilliant. Well, were, you, you would catch f- the frogs or tadpoles? Frogs and tadpoles. Oh, both. I got a net and put it on a rope and threw this net out in the middle of the pond and pulled it in and got about like 100 tadpoles at once. Seriously? I'm seriously. So why did you still go in? Oh, to hit the frogs. Because frogs are really oh, you've got the tadpoles with You've them. never seen anyone do a 10-point dive like a frog. They are incredible. There's no splash. They just dive in. You don't you hear. It's pretty amazing. I've seen it, it is. It's absolutely amazing. 
You know what? What blows my mind I is um, arithmetic. <laughs> simple. Arithmetic. <laughs> <laughs> one plus one. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you, there are some violent frogs. Some violent frogs. What? Yeah, yeah. No, Wait, I, what? They hang around in gangs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did they start the first tagging group in your Belinda? Oh, wait, no, that was you. Teenage ninja frogs. Um, no, uh, no. I, have you guys seen that? There's this one YouTube channel where they'll put different animals in a like box together, and they put frogs in with like centipedes and uh, and tarantulas and oh no, frogs are tremendous at eating stuff. Scorpi- they're, they're, scorpions they're, and they're eating like these. It's you, awesome. You wouldn't imagine a frog eating a. Scorpion. Yeah, they've got, they've got these incredible tongues with sticky stuff on them. They come out like 90 miles an hour, about four feet almost, and just grab it and pull it back. Yeah. We used to catch butterflies. With your white, tongue? No, white butterflies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> white butterflies and put them in a cage. And I'm serious. It's so fascinating. The frog would turn around like a tank. Oh. Aim and then whoosh, dive in the air and take the butterfly in mid-air in its mouth. It's so fascinating. Did you single out white butterflies because they're privileged? Or? White butterflies. <laughs> white butterflies eat your vegetables, yeah. so they're nasty. You're a butterfly why, racist. Why, wait, wait. Why white butterflies? Because they eat your vegetables. They, they lay eggs in the, in the grubs come out and eat your vegetables. So other butterflies don't do that. The white ones are just nasty. Wow, Ray. Hmm. Have I you never knew you to be a racist. But. Frogs eat whatever bugs them. Oh, <laughs> okay. Is that Oscar. original? No, I just read it. Oh. Uh-huh. Oscar, I got to give it to you. That uh, that picture you sent us. With the, oh, that's pretty good. Huh? <laughs> bed bugs. Bed bugs. <laughs> little uh, little uh, bug carts. So there, for for our listeners, I found a picture and it was a text thread and it was like the the first question was like from the wife, how's your how's your work trip going? The second, uh, the response from the husband was something to the effect of, uh, it's going pretty good. But I have bed bugs in my bed, and he sends a picture of toy <laughs> Volkswagen bugs. What, now, why sheets. would a wife never do that to her husband? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, what's that, Rye? You remember that? Oh, yes. It's just wonderful. And um, Wait, but was it a frog? It's a frog holding the neck of some big bird who's trying to swallow it. It's got the neck of the bird in its hands, oh, so it can't yeah. swallow the frog, and it says, never give up. But I, that, I that's it. probably based on, I saw a video of some animal that was about to be eaten, and it struggled and got loose. It did, but Maybe it didn't that. put its hands around the throat <laughs> of the thing. <laughs> that's true. I had uh, three, three terrible things happen to me yesterday. That's actually six. Only? Yeah, three. That's six. First thing is, I was at the gym, and I dropped a weight on my phone. No. You oh, oh, you did too. Yeah, what? look at no, 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 no. He's, he's, oh. got, he's got a punchline for No, that's no, literally, no, look at it. What's the punchline? No, it's broken. And you got a heavy call from someone? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I literally dropped a weight on my phone, and it's cracked, and look at it, it's bent. On both sides. So that's what came out of your heart when that happened? What, uh, did, what did you say? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, because <laughs> my phone is evil. Um, the second thing is, on my way home from the gym, after breaking my phone, my car broke down. Ooh. Seriously? Yes, it's in the shop right now. I had to borrow a so friend's car. So things happen in threes if you... Yeah, so the third thing is, uh, and this is actually kind of a bummer, I... Um, this one's a bummer, but the other two are not. <laughs> well, wait until you hear it. Apologize to wait down the listeners. I uh, was responsible for proof texting, which, if you know me, I'm the wrong person to proof text. Mm-hmm. Uh, amen. I was responsible for proof texting a family member's gravestone, and there was, no. and there was an error on it. No, this is a joke. Come and on. And it got printed. This is a Stop. They called me and they're like, you've made a great mistake. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big build up. You're such a doofus. A great mistake. Uh, okay, but first of all, let me just say, uh, your phone right there, total, what happened to your phone, total byproduct of pride. Pride? Because you're too prideful to get a... Oh, a the case. weight would have smashed that no, thing. No, it would not. You got a screen cover, bro. How? <laughs> so easy. You've got an iPhone. He's got something else. No, he's got an iPhone, but it, he he didn't get. I've a got an case. iBroke phone. Oh, yeah. but if you, if it was face down and the weight was on it, it wouldn't have destroyed it. Don't believe. I mean, it. if it was in the locker room, the weight wouldn't have destroyed it. Anyway, you deserve it, Oscar. <laughs> you know, we took a toll the other day at our house. We have forty-five Apple products inside of our house. Stop. Two Samsung. Both of the Samsung ones are broken and they're in a drawer. Forty-five. Forty-five. Mark, that's sinful, bro. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Sin. You're a sinner. <laughs> what you, wait, are, 
From AirPods to <laughs> computers to phones. Are you counting like old each phones? single AirPod too? <laughs> no, that's three. <laughs> yeah. The charger and the two earphones. Right. Every charger. Every... That's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, Ray, did you guys collect poisonous snakes and spiders in New Zealand? And then eat them? There isn't any. How do you know, Ray? Because I've gone over the whole know? country searching uh, for one. Okay, if there's glass. even one, it means you're a liar. That's right. And a thief. And uh, <laughs> Ray, you sure have faith in people, don't you? Ray, if you only had 1% of all the knowledge in New Zealand, is it possible that remaining 99% of the knowledge you do not possess, that there could be a poisonous snake? You're an atheist. <laughs> you're an atheist. <laughs> Ray, seriously, that's one of the best illustrations, I think, you know, it's that not original. That circle with a ninety-nine percent, but it's brilliant. I anyway, love it. it's really good. Mm. Yeah, we're talking about friends, the atheist tract. Oh yes, test, and it's really good. And used to have a banana on it, but we took it off. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you? Yes, I don't we remember decided, the banana. Yeah, the, the original, the original atheist test used to be a little. It's like a chick track size, and it had a banana on it and a coke can. After the whole banana man. Yeah, thing, so we decided we'd better take it off. Wow, huh. we'd put it back Holy on there. Great comfort. We have a comment. This is from Molly Mado 15. Keep us laughing and learning. Easy's we, the greatest we, person in the world. I love Easy. Easy's the best. I was going to say, are we taking bets on how many times Easy's okay, uh, here we go. mentioned in this one? My husband and I love this podcast. I am a stay-at-home mom. Our first child was born three weeks ago. Congratulations. Congratulations. Good work. Oh, in unison. And listening to this podcast helps me pass the time as I do housework. The episode on redeeming the time was particularly insightful, reminding me to aim at what the Lord views as being truly productive in my day. I'm always blessed by the truths from the Word that are brought to light on each subject, and the relationship between Ray, Easy, Mark, and Oscar keeps me laughing throughout. I'm most blessed by the example of love and humility displayed as each share truth and interact with one another. Thank you for your faithfulness to Christ and his word. That's awesome. Thank you. Molly? Are you wrong, Oscar? You were mentioned once. <laughs> <laughs> Along with all y'all. Uh, Molly, thank you so much. And congrats. Um, yeah, may the Lord bless your new baby too. Mm. Uh, boy or girl, I don't know. Easy. <laughs> I thought you were asking. <laughs> Molly, boy or girl? I don't know. Molly? Uh, easy or Ezette, if you haven't chosen a name. This podcast is brought to you man <laughs> that was that's probably my best ever the basic training that course. doesn't mean it was good just because you <laughs> <laughs> i loved it okay uh the basic training course well, well the btc yeah talk about a blast to the past uh 23 4 5 000 of these have sold you have to understand friends this is not like a small tiny little item and that was just a one lady who's trying to reach a husband <laughs> Yeah, but this has been around for years and years. It's based on our television program, and it's got eight lessons on four DVDs, four CD set, uh, containing the audio portion of the teaching, 120-page study guide, 300 gospel tracks, 30-second and three-minute promotional video segments. You get bulletins, inserts, all kinds of stuff in there. So you could do a course with your church, mm-hmm. and that's the encouraging thing, is it? churches all over the hundreds, thousands of churches. Millions. Billions, <laughs> trillions, quadrillions. What comes after quadrillion? Guys? I don't know. I'm too exactly. tired to try to figure Septillion? it out. Is it septillion? Septillion? Probably Maybe. not. Um, yeah, so make sure to check out the basic training course. You can also get it in MP4 digital format. Don't forget the Living Waters mag, the Evidence Study Bible, all at livingwaters.com. Wow. That was the word mug you said. Mag. People missed it. Mug. Yeah, they're still selling like... Cold like mugs, pies, <laughs> hot cakes, cold pies. Why not? All right, friends. Today we are talking about something that I struggle with every day with my three co-hosts: how to find freedom from bitterness. <laughs> this po- this episode is all about easy explaining himself. Oh boy, I need help. Yeah, freedom from bitterness. Hebrews twelve fifteen. Let's kick it off there. Mm-hmm. Looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. Spring up. Do you think of like spring up, oh well? I was thinking that. Let's sing it. Ah. <laughs> and by this, many become defiled. When you came up with this one, this was your idea? Uh, Simon? Was it in the context, I mean, because it can go both ways, but I'm curious about where your mind was at. Is it in the context of like 
marriage, long-term relationships, or uh, those more those 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 like kind of big hurts and pains that can root bitterness in, in, our in other as, words. As my old friend Alan would say from France, yes. yes. <laughs> all the above. All the above. Uh, yeah, all the above. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just I, I just want us to explore this uh, subject together because it's prevalent. Uh, we've all dealt with it. and Not once for me. <laughs> <laughs> and it can creep up on you super quick. Sure. Yeah. So that's a heavy verse, Hebrews twelve fifteen. Um, be careful, right? Look carefully. It's a warning in a sense, um, lest any root of bitterness. And I, I like the fact it says springing up. So define bitterness. Yeah, I think bitterness uh, carries with it that idea of long-lasting resentment that ends up morphing into sometimes hatred, mm-hmm. other times spite, mm-hmm. uh, other times vengeance. and uh, Unforgiveness. Yeah, I think that's a big part of bitterness is yeah. unforgiveness. Murder. Yeah. Murder, yeah. All kinds of things spring up from it. Hmm. And, you know, I, I think that the biggest probably outworking of bitterness is bondage. It's, it's enslaving, mm. you know. Uh, I can't remember who it was who said it, but we've probably quoted it before, that bitterness is like drinking poison. Oh, come on. Is it right first? That it's the very first point they have on my thing. Like drinking poison. Stop. Are you guys serious? Die. Oh, that's very nice. But yeah, right? I mean, it, it's true. It's like you're drinking poison expecting someone else to die. Yeah. And they, they couldn't care less. Yeah. They, they don't, they don't they know what you're going through. They don't care what you're going through. It just is what it is. And it is a terrible place to be. Yeah. The full quote is, harboring bitterness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Who, who said that? The more I feed bitterness in my heart, the more it brings death to me. I actually Wait, don't say know. Wait, say that. I'm sorry. Say that last part again. Uh, the more I feed bitterness in my heart, the more it brings death to me. Yeah. Mm. Woo. Yeah. Ray, are you writing a book? No. I'm just grabbing a wonderful verse from Second Corinthians and thinking how that quote is nothing compared to Abraham Lincoln's quote where he spoke of unforgiveness as like being stung to death by one bee. Ooh. Because you can do something about it. You just have to forgive and it's gone, but you just don't let it keep stinging you, stinging you and stinging until you, until you're dead. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, there's some good quotes here that, that I'm, I'm excited to jump into, but let me, let me first... Share one here by Lou Priolo. Mm. This Lou, is... that was my second. No, I'm kidding. Mentiroso, <laughs> mentiroso. You know what mentiroso Liar. is? Wow, you speak Spanish? Si, ¿por qué no? You guys remember that song from the '90s? Oh boy, Fire and Ice by Steve Camp. Mentirosa by uh, Mellow Man Ace. There's only one person in this world that remembers that song, and it's you. Okay, friends, if you remember that, please write in to podcast at livingwaters.com and let us know if you remember Mentirosa, Mellow Man Ace. Y mañana otra cosa, mentirosa. You don't remember it? What has just happened? <laughs> <laughs> I saw him live in concert at Knott's Berry Farm. Did you really? Yeah. Audience of and one. And you know what? And my friend Bean, Eric Jewell, threw our demo tape up on the stage, and he actually called with a letter, and he actually called Eric. It was funny. Anyway. You had a friend named Bean? I talked about Bean. Bean was on our, uh, he was on our episode, remember last time? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> we love to give things away. We love to give things away. And that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week goodies from Living Waters, $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and a podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week <laughs> their their hip-hop group name was he was bean and easy was cheese <laughs> our, our dj was burrito <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, what is this though? Why? Why do we know. do that? Oh, it's an appeal to. It's an appeal to reason. Wait, was it? Sense. Was it this that turned into this? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, friends, what Oscar?
Nothing good. I thought you were showing me my picture. No. Oh, my. <laughs> not about you. Okay, stop your silliness. Uh, Lou Priolo. The scripture likens bitterness to a root. Roots have to be planted. So what's the seed that sprouts into a root of bitterness when planted? It's a hurt. When someone hurts you, it's as if a seed has been dropped onto the soil of your heart. You can choose to respond in two ways. You can either reach down and pluck up the seed by forgiving your offender, or you can begin to cultivate the seed by reviewing the hurt over and over again in your mind. Bitterness is the result of dwelling too long on a hurt. It's the result of not truly forgiving the offender. Yeah, and you can forgive somebody without them ever apologizing. Mm -hmm. Or even if they mean to hurt you intentionally in perpetuity, you live in forgiveness. Oh. Refuse to live in that place. Mark, I'm glad you you bring that up, and I think it's important to to highlight this. I've said it before, I'm sure. You know, I think a lot of times the reason why we don't follow through with forgiveness is because we somehow get deceived in our minds into thinking that forgiveness means we don't remember what someone did against us, and we don't feel the pain from it. So I think, you know, what happens is someone hurts us, they ask for forgiveness, I forgive you, or we say in our minds, okay, I'm going to forgive them. And then suddenly later, the thought comes back to mind of what they did to us. The, the memories start haunting us, and then we start feeling the pain mm. from it again. You and, know so, that, and so we conclude in our minds, oh, I guess I haven't forgiven them. And so then we begin to act in accordance with unforgiveness again. Mm. When is, the reality is we need to realize forgiveness is a commitment that keeps on committing. I've committed to forgive you. Now I remember what you did, and I feel the pain, and I'm going to continue to choose to treat you as though you did nothing wrong against me. I'm not holding it against you. Unconditional. Yeah. That's good. You know, my son was interviewed yesterday uh, over at Apple, and one of the questions that was asked to him was, how do you deal with an irate customer? Mm. And uh, there were six other people that were being interviewed all at the same time, and my son said, well, I, I'm a firm believer that a... Uh, a soft answer turns away wrath. And one of the, one of the other guys that was there goes, mm-hmm, like, come on, come on, like, <laughs> preach it, preach it, bro. Like, it was just, oh, they were, they were one accord, one accord there, right? But wow. if, if you don't, how, what is the way the world responds when they've been done wrong, right? It's like, well, no, I have rights, yeah. right? I, I'm first in this relationship, or I'm tops. I'm, I need to be rewarded or recognized and when somebody treats you like, you know what kind of a servant you are when somebody treats you like one, somebody's mm-hmm. once said. Yeah. And when a customer wants to go off on you, you, it's easy to get bitter. You know what you're doing. They don't know what you're doing. And there's the mentality of the customer's always right. Well, the customer isn't necessarily always right. But how do you diffuse a situation? The same way when you're just going through something. Just pause. You know, slow to speak. Slow to wrath. Take things in. I mean, last time I looked, <laughs> Romans eight twenty eight is still in effect. Yeah. Right? All things are really working together for good, and that that person who's getting worked up, mm. you know, at you, you you don't know what they're going through. Yeah, you you simply don't know what harm has happened to them. Why can't you be on the other end of that stick yeah. that's done through their tongue? You know, Ray, I'm curious to know this because I think honestly, sometimes I forget the fact that you are often criticized in the sense that you're a public figure. Millions have seen you through the videos and all the different stuff that we put out as a ministry. But you, you're, you're often getting criticized, whether it's by atheists, we have the banana man thing, or it's people that have accused you falsely of heinous things. There's that potential to become bitter. How do you deal with it? I delete them. <laughs> Haven't rubbed it's out. It's nice to have uh, that option. Um, uh, I, I get great joy when I see a comment, something really nasty on the YouTube channel, by saying, "Oh, thanks for sharing your thoughts. Pleased you watched. I uh, hope your day's going well. God bless you, Ray Comfort." And they come back with, "Oh, oh, same to you. I hope your day's going well too." And it makes me laugh how you can use love to touch people's hearts. But just digressing a little, I don't think anything convinces me how deeply ingrained we are in a spiritual battle as to when you've got the potential to become bitter because Satan will come back at you and keep bringing that memory back, bringing it, you think, I've forgiven, I've forgotten, I'm forgetting, and back it comes again mm. and again. 
And so you can't stop. And that brings us to 2 Corinthians 2, verses 11, 12, which I'm sure you know. For indeed, I have, I have forgiven anything. If I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven the one that for your sakes in the presence of Christ, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we're not ignorant of his devices. Mm. And if anything will steal your joy and your peace and your love and your kindness, it's a root of bitterness. It's a device of the devil, and you've got to cut it off at the root oh. through forgiveness. Yeah, it's good. Oscar, Lou Priolo, I think, put it well when he talked about the fact that really bitterness is a result of dwelling on something mm. too much, mm. right? I mean, it's giving ourselves over to replaying, rehearsing. They said this, and then we just keep playing, and so it just good. gets deeper and deeper, right? Yeah, it reminds me of Proverbs seventeen nine: whoever conceals an offense promotes love, but whoever gops, gossips about it separates a friend. And I think we can gossip about it, repeat it, as, as you pointed out, over and over again. We can repeat the sin to our own selves. I can't believe he did that. I can't believe he or she said that thing to me. I should have said this. Why did he say that? We're repeating in our own minds to ourselves. We can often repeat, repeat the sins of others to the sinner. You remember mm. when he did this to me? Yeah. You remember how you treated me that one time? Remember, 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 we want them to pay mm. for their sins. Or we can repeat the sins that have committed against us to yeah. other people in a, in a manner that is gossipy. What, can you believe what Easy did to me the other day? What? Tell uh, us. What? I, I Wait, what? <laughs> uh, mute, can you guys mute Easy real quick? Um, and so, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. We repeat. It's like we hold on to these things that have been committed against us because we want to be the judge, jury, and executioner yeah. for the sins that have been committed against us. And wow. I think one of the biggest things, our response to being sinned against is revealing to our understanding of the sins that we commit against God. Amen. That's right? it. Absolutely. And and I think that, you know, Paul nails this. I think maybe even in a recent episode we we talked about this passage, but Ephesians 4, 30 through 32, he he nails this like precisely. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and then wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking, which, by the way, are all, I believe, byproducts of bitterness. All those things flow from bitterness. You're bitter, you, you, you become wrathful, and you become angry, which the word wrath has the idea of like hay catching fire. It blazes quickly, then dies out. But anger is a blazing inferno that keeps going and growing. Clamor, it's like the shouting down of an opponent. Evil speaking, which carries with it the content of what you're saying to, to cut someone down. And then malice, wishing harm upon another. You know, it all flows from that bitterness. But he says, instead of that, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. And that last piece, I think, is, is the ultimate cure. It, it's the key to understanding how to remove ourselves from bitterness because an unforgiving heart is an unforgiven heart. Wow. It's a heart that doesn't quite realize that they have been forgiven. And they think to themselves, I would never do that. I would never do that from them. Or they think I have yet to be forgiven. But when we understand who we are in Christ, that we have been forgiven greatly. I mean, you think, this is what I think about all the time. I think about it because I, I, you know, when I put this in the context of our, of our marriages, like, you know, I've been married 12 years now. Some people are married 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 40 years. You have two sinners, 50 years, 60 years, 70 years. Ray wants honor. Yes, thank you. Uh, you've got two sinners getting together, making a lifetime covenant. There's going to be sin on top of sin. There's going to be little things that end up happening. The, the little frustrations of like, man, why won't he unroll his socks before putting them in the laundry mm -hmm. basket? Why won't she clean the dishes in this way? Why won't he? And those little things become, they can become points of bitterness that are like Trojan horses for your marriage, right? Yeah. But I think in the context of our forgiveness with God, think about all the tiny little sins that aren't really little in the eyes of God. Think of all the sins that you've committed, all the ways you forget about him and all the times he doesn't bring it up, mm -hmm. right? Like there's so many sins that he passes over that we don't even notice. And when we grasp that, 
it gives us the power to then move forward and forgive others in yeah, that same way. There's a scripture in Job that says that God loves us too much to burden us down with our sins. You think of all the sins, all the little things, all the petty things that we do that can continually add up. Ray, you had your hand raised up. You want to come forward and say No, no, I'm fine. I'll wait for a minute. I'm very patient. I forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> I can see bareness growing. Oh, yeah, right now. Just cut I my see teeth smoke are coming out of Ray's ears. Yeah. <laughs> Leave my nostril hairs out of the... Better, yeah. better, better. Go ahead. Go ahead. <coughs> go on. Just you go first. I'll be last. <laughs> no, you make me lose my train of thought. You, you get upset. You start. You punch me under the table. I did not. That is just. But Ray, what's wrong? <laughs> hey, Oscar. I can okay. teach you how to unroll your socks if you want. I can give you a lesson on. I have a good marriage. Right. Yeah, I'd like to say something here. Yes, say. Um, uh, there is a there is a way to take bitterness and make it into betterness and betterness. And I learned it many years ago. If you've got a thought that keeps coming back to you and you just can't seem to stop it, and you know, overcome it. The next night you're lying in bed and you're thinking, "Oh, why do you do that?" And you get the whole thing goes over and over again. What I did years ago was I I, I would formulate the most positive, God glorifying, Satan trampling confession of faith and prayer that I could imagine and I'd pray that when that bit of thought came. Wow. So the enemy would come and set off an alarm saying get better and I said oh that reminds me to pray that very powerful positive (laughs) prayer that glorifies God and tramples Satan underfoot and be just something like this oh God give me wisdom give me a love give me a burden for the lost open doors, uh, make me effective to reach the lost. And it was just this prayer I learned off my heart. So Satan would bring a negative and it suddenly bring a positive to wow, me. It right. really overcame that. So since I've become your son-in-law, you've prayed that prayer like thousands. All the time. <laughs> right it's now. It's perpetual. Bring it right now. <laughs> Lord, get his face out of my head. <laughs> um, no, but, that's But good. that really, really does work. Yeah. No, yeah. And Mark, I want to say, we think of the parable that Jesus gave about the servant who was forgiven much and wouldn't forgive his servant who barely owed him anything in comparison. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, Certainly. And, uh, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> and, and really, it, it does oftentimes come down to this almost spiritual amnesia when we forget yeah. what we have done against God. We, we go from prodigal to Pharisee overnight. Ooh. You know, we, that's not original. Um, it, <laughs> Nothing on here is original. <laughs> is that original? You know what? Let's just no, do wait, a, that's not original. Let's do a caveat from the outside. Yeah, just disclaimer. Nothing we say is ever original, <laughs> so we don't have to quote anyone. We need to Is that original, though? Yeah. <laughs> I think the wheeze might be original. Yeah, that's yeah. the only original thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the Bible is filled with... Uh, examples of people that were uh, uh, forgetful. You know, <laughs> Was of, that a joke? Of where it came from. <laughs> you lose train you of know. thought saying that word. What's that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, we have that story with Cain. Cain was bitter that God accepted Abel's sacrifice mm-hmm. and not his own. Yeah. Instead of dealing with uh, those feelings uh, by admitting his own part in the situation and considering God's point of view, he buried his anger. Uh, according to Compelling Truth, compellingtruth.org is a, is a really great website because that's kind of the um, the sibling to uh, Got Questions. Yeah. Uh, it deals uh, maybe a little bit more uh, on a, a deeper philosophical level to think through uh, different things, not just quick uh, quick answers to questions. Yeah. Uh, there's the example of Sarai and Abraham when Sarai asked Abram to impregnate her maidservant Hagar and then was bitter with Hagar uh, when it worked. You know, do this. Yeah. It did it. Worked. Well, now I'm upset at you for mm. doing that. You know, and obviously right, rightfully so. And how about uh, King Saul when he realized how much the people loved David and celebrated uh, his accomplishments? Yeah. You know, Saul looked into uh, the mirror and realized, man, I am not David. Oh. I have not done what he's done. And then he tries to have him killed. Hmm. And then we have the story of um, uh, Job and Job's wife. Right. You know, where finally, you know, she's upset and she's bitter at God. And looking at how they served God, undoubtedly. And then finally, uh, Job's wife says, do you still hold fast your integrity? And Job 2.9 says, curse God hmm. and die. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Mark... You know, I, I like and the fact... that's when she was in a good mood. <laughs> <laughs> Jobette. Uh, but Mark, I like the fact that you, you, you mentioned that, Saul saying, I am not David. And I love this quote by Jerry Bridges. He says, bitterness arises in our hearts when we do not trust in the sovereign rule of God in our lives. Mm-hmm. Bitterness can arise on so many fronts. It's not just someone did something 
against me. It's I don't have this or I don't have that or the, the circumstances in my life turned out this way or that way. And ultimately, it comes down to saying, God, you've put me in this predicament. You've allowed the circumstance to arise in my heart. And so I'm going to accept it. And, and I'm going to, again, and this is so key. I, I, I talk about this all the time. The operative word is to continue to proactively walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I think so often we deceive ourselves into thinking, well, I haven't denied the faith. I haven't blasphemed God. I haven't given up my church membership, so I'm cool. No, if we cease to proactively walk with God, consciously pursue Him, consciously surrender to Him, consciously walk in love, consciously bear the fruit of the Spirit, then we are not surrendering to the sovereignty of God. We're not proactively walking with Him. Right. And it's so important, you know, for us to recognize that. I think it's also really important, especially in the the context of long-term relationships like marriage, family, friends, coworkers, bosses that are from Lebanon, uh, (laughs) all of these things. Um, that it, it's important to recognize the difference between when someone sins and when someone quote unquote sins against you. Yeah. And what I mean by that is that we have such a high view of ourselves that sometimes our bitterness arises because somebody doesn't treat us the way we want them to treat us. They don't respect us the way we want them to respect us. They don't do something around the house the way we want them to do the thing around the house. They don't communicate to us in a way we want them to communicate. And we put ourselves on this shelf and go, you have disobeyed my laws. You have broken my 10 commandments and bitterness arises because you have a high view of yourself. I think the key first to forgiveness is being able to understand what sin actually is, right? If somebody does something in a way that I don't enjoy, if I have a low view of myself, I will understand the context of that. And, I, and it's easier to let that go. But what happens when somebody actually sins against you? Well, if you have a low view of yourself and a high view of God, you will have in your mind, their standing before the Lord as more valuable than their standing before you. Hmm. In other words, if someone lies to me, I am more concerned about the sin they've committed against God before I am concerned about their sin committed against me. And that allows me to pursue them in love. That allows me to pursue them in a way that I don't have to hold resentment or bitterness in my own heart. Because at the end of the day, like, like David says, against you and you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Yeah. I recognize that the chief issue is between the sinner and their savior. Oh, that's good. Mark, you know, in Colossians 3.19, Paul says, husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. I think of this, you know, obviously it's dealing directly with the wife here, but, but I think of this principally, right? When you think about it from a logical standpoint, it's crazy that the people that are closest to us are the people that we can become more, most bitter toward. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, the, the kid who pummels the bully at school for picking on their little sister, little brother. And then that same day on the way home, they're berating them up and down, right? And they're mm. always, always bullying them at home, you know? It's so illogical. Like, these are the people that we say we would lay our lives. Of course, I take a bullet for my wife, for my kids, for my in laws, for, you know, whatever. Well, for your neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> Let me rethink that last one. <laughs> um, but you know what I'm saying? But with my spouse, with my, but then it's toward them that we become the most bitter. Mm. What's yeah, the deal with that? Help me to figure that out. I, I, I don't know if I can wrap my brain around that entirely, right? We, we're called to love unconditionally and sacrificially. You know, God forbid that we would ever uh, treat our love, the one closest to us, with anything other than uh, love, honor, and respect. Mm. I, I, I don't fully have that figured out. I mean, we go from I love you, I love you, I love you, to the one moment to and we've seen this with friends of ours too, I want to divorce you and I hate you, I can't even see your face anymore. If yeah. I hear your name or your voice, it brings curls down my spine. Mm. What, what has happened You know, with that is, you, know, you have not walked in the way uh, in accordance to your faith if you're a Christian and you have not kept your eyes on the prize and you think that your spouse, your, the moment, uh, your situation, your finances is the end goal. No. But in reality... You know, I, I heard Kirk Cameron say something one time in referencing to a, a man who was uh, going off on his wife and says, you know, this is not the same woman I married 20 hmm. odd years ago. She's a completely different person. And Kirk responded to him and said, 
she got like that on your watch. Wow. That, that's a heavy statement. Yeah. What, what are you doing to pour into your kids, your spouse, the situation pouring into yourself? You know, C.J. Mahaney says at one time in one of his books that I read that uh, we need to be continually and constantly uh, sharing the gospel with ourselves. And this is to Oscar's point early, or earlier in that if we are reminded of how much we have been forgiven, it's easier to forgive. Yeah. We will be quick to forgive people when we realize that we've been forgiven because he who has been forgiven much loves much. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mark, let me ask you this on that point. That's so good. You know, there's that, that story that I read um, about that couple when I do weddings about how, uh, you know, this guy was looking at this woman who, who was just, just so sweet and, and wonderful and amazing. And they're like, wow, you must love her so much because she's like that. And, and the conclusion was, it's because she was so loved that she became that person, mm -hmm. you know. But Mark, what do you say to the person who says, but man, I really, I mean, in all good conscience, I have loved my wife. Or a wife can say, I've loved my husband. Or we've been, we've been faithful parents to bring our kids in the way of the Lord. But they, they turned out this way. I mean, do you see that there is also that, like Paul Tripp talks about in Shepherding a Child's Heart, that Godward orientation where people can still choose, though, to be that way, even though someone has loved them and, and did right? Yeah, of course, right? I mean, as we've said before in the past, it's not our job to raise Christian children. It's our job to model what a Christian is for our children. In the same way, it's not my job to raise a Christian wife, but it's my job to model what a Christian is for my wife and want her to come alongside right. me. Yeah. If she chooses to reject that, that's on her. But that doesn't change the way I've been commanded by God to love her and to respect her. You know, I, I tell my my wife and I, we, we have this, uh, this agreement in that, what is it? If, <laughs> I said, L "Listen, baby, I, if I was a woman, if I was uh, the wife, I would make sure that there are plenty of meals, that the clothes are clean, that things. I would say this is kind of what I would do." Oh. Now, with that said, I honestly don't know what your role is in my life. Personally, I don't know what kind of a chiseling agent you are to get me to who to, to get me to be who I need to be in the Lord. So let's have an agreement. Uh, of course, I would like uh, you to make meals on my way at work and come home, you know, and we're able to sit down, we work together, you know, whatever. But if you don't make food, please don't get upset at me if I go and I purchase food. From Wiener Schnitzels. From Wiener Schnitzels, uh. right? Or if I just, if I, if I go another route to be able to get that food, because sometimes I'm in just a hurry to, to kind of get some things done, to get things accomplished. Right. Right. And she's all, great. Mm. Yeah. So I, I, there's no way would I ever think ill will if you don't make food, yeah. um, and don't get upset if I go and purchase food, yeah. you know? And she's realizing that, you know, finances <laughs> are not always there to be able to go out and eat, so she tries to make sure that there's always food. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's uh, very uh, uh, bitterness-inducing. Anyway, Ray, um, <laughs> Ray, no, that's, that's good, Mark. I, I love the fact that, that you guys communicate through stuff like that. What do you mean? <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's good. Anyway, uh, Ray, you know, and James talks about how you can have bitter envy and it talks about self-seeking and it goes on and gives a list and says, this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. There is a demonic element to bitterness. I mean, we often forget that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. There are demonic entities at work, right? The, the pendulum swings. You have a devil under every rock, and then you've got total like writing off of the reality of spiritual warfare and demonic entities. But there is that demonic element to this. Yeah, and that's why we realize, when we realize we wrestle not against flesh and blood, the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God are the pulling down of the strongholds. We've got to attack the spiritually. And our, our chief weapon, one of the chief weapons, is prayer. And I, I, Mark mentioned David before. I absolutely love David. And I think about Jesus being the son of David, how he handled the potential for bitterness with committing himself to him who judges righteously. Mm. 
Mm. I mean, if anyone's going to hit someone, let it be the Father. Let no, it be God. Right. You know, you can slap my face, pull my beard out, but God's going to get you back. That's the principle of turn the other cheek. It's not that I'm weak. It's that I'm, I've got a boss that's bigger than me, <laughs> and he's going to get you if you keep this up, if he sees fit. We commit himself, ourselves to him who judge righteously, and David did that. You read the uh, uh, um, precatory Psalms, which evoke evil, like smash out their teeth, oh God. Right, yeah. And it's hard for a Christian to kind of do that, but you see David got rid of his heat in prayer, and when it came to forgiveness, man, he just leads the ways with uh, Saul and his son, Jonathan. You know, yeah. he, he could have killed Saul a couple of times justifiably, because yeah. yeah. it was like self-defense, but he didn't, and I think that's why he's called a man after God's, God's own heart. You know, earlier I talked about the small things, and I think a, a way to uh, quench that bitterness is to realize that we have too high view of ourselves. Yeah. But then there's the moments which you're alluding to, especially in David's life, where where serious sins have been committed against you. And here's where I think that belief in a just God is so important. Uh, and it's it's so interesting to me that that mostly like the argument against God being just, God being wrathful, there being a hell comes from, that's a very Western argument. Like I don't like the idea of God being just and God sending people to hell. That's a, a Western middle-class comfortable argument. People who have never witnessed genocide make that kind of an argument, wow. right? People who have never witnessed children being taken away to be put into war camps and given weapons to go to war for a megalomaniac. They've never seen things yeah. like that. And to the person who is suffering, like we believe in a just God means that we don't have to, as I said earlier, we don't have to be the judge, jury, and executioner. We don't have to be the ones that seek after justice because it will never fulfill us. That is the role of the Lord. He is the one that is just. He is the one that makes sure that all balances, all the debt that has been owed and all the balances need to be paid, that all of that will equal out at the end. Yeah. Either the, the sinner is going to pay for it and for all of eternity or Jesus pays for it on the cross. Yeah. And so we, knowing this, have the opportunity to, to recognize that we can transfer that debt, that debt that you, and that's ultimately what forgiveness, you talked about forgiveness earlier. Forgiveness is a sort of transferring of debt. If I don't forgive you, you owe me something, yeah. right? You owe me an apology. You owe me reconciliation. You owe me the recognition. You owe me suffering for the rest of your life for that thing that you did for me. But forgiveness is a forgiveness of debt is essentially saying, here's this debt you owe me but I'm going to seek the Lord and be fulfilled and healed. Uh, and instead, he's going to be the one that's going to seek after that debt. He's going to pay for it or you're going to pay for it in the end. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, you think about what it says about Jesus in, in First Peter. It says, he, in terms of his suffering, he entrusted himself to him who judges righteously. That's the verse I just quoted. Oh, you did quote that, mm. yeah. From a different version. Oh, that's he why. He committed it, himself to yeah. him who judges righteously. That's why I didn't recognize The it. New Zealand version. Yeah. yeah. But guys, what do you think of this? I want to throw this out as, as a way to help ourselves honor the Lord and grow out of bitterness. Obviously, it all begins in the heart, right? So I think a prayer is good. As I build towards that, listen to Ann Peterson. She said, I have found it impossible to be unforgiving toward those I'm praying for. It's not easy to start praying for them. It's one of the hardest things I've done. But when I make that person an object of prayer, I open the door of my heart a little wider so that God can come in and breathe on my hardened heart, melting the icy resentment that is there. And That's so, a hard thing to do. By it way. is. But I think it should begin there, and we should ask the Lord to deal with our hearts. But don't you guys think, too, in terms of, of action, don't you think that the best thing we can do is to treat that person that we feel bitter toward, that maybe hurt us, wounded us. And again, I'm not talking about abuse, and I'm, I'm talking within, within a safe zone where it's not something where we're gonna be harmed in, in a severe way, to continue to treat them the opposite of how we feel like treating them. Give them a gift basket. Yeah, stuff like that. I mean, okay, for example, someone, someone you know, said something to, to hurt me or to, to, to offend me. I don't wanna talk to that person. I push myself to talk to them. I don't wanna greet them. I push myself to greet them. I don't want to get him a gift. I push myself to get him a gift. I mean, I think that's the way we, we move toward healing. Is that why you're always buying me lunch? Um, <laughs> no, that's really good. Honestly, as you bring that up, it reminds me 
of a season in my life. You know, I've, I've shared it before. My mom married a guy, several different guys at different times that were all incredibly abusive. And one of them specifically, I struggled with for a really long time because he was the one that, you know, abused my mom, abused my mm. triplet sisters, abused me. And I, in the thoughts I would have towards him as a Christian was like, man, like I was little then, but I'm not little now. You know what I mean? Or like, oh man, if one day he ever showed up at my house, like I would think, I would daydream about what I would do. I'm just confessing this to you. And 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 one day someone suggested to me, have you ever prayed for his salvation? Wow. And when I heard that, I was like, I cannot see me sincerely praying for that man's salvation. But over time, the Lord did a work on my heart and mm. I started to pray for his salvation. And honestly, it wasn't easy. No. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't understand it, but it was the beginning of letting go of that bitterness and being able to forgive. Like he's not in my life. I don't see him ever, but I don't have those thoughts for since I've ran into him at a wedding and at a funeral and it's a shake of the hand and it's a sincerely like, yeah. how are you, man? Like I'm, I'm done being yeah. resentful. I'm done being bitter and I'm praying for this person's salvation. The Lord brings healing through that. You know, someone recently said something to me that, that hurt me. They meant well, fully well, fully pure motives, but it, it really did hurt me. And they acknowledged later that they, they realized that they could have said it differently. But in the midst of that, as I was struggling, I pushed myself to interact with them in ways that were in keeping with non-bitterness. And they pointed that out. They said, I was surprised that you did this. And I said, I, I did that because it's only right. It, to, for me to not do that would be me giving in to bitterness. Mm. And I can't do that, mm. you know? So it's important for us to, to maintain that mindset and that heart and press on. Let me, let me just wrap it up with this quote by uh, Ann Peterson. She said, bitterness starts out small an offense burrows its way into our hearts. We repay it in our, replay it in our minds, creating deep ruts that will be hard to build back up. We retell our hurts to any available listener, including each sordid detail. We enlist support, pushing us further into our resentment. We hear the offending person's name and cringe. We decipher the offense as intentional and our offender as full of spite. We look for other reasons, but real or both real or imagined, to dislike our villain. With each new piece of information, we form another layer of bitterness. We fool ourselves into thinking no one will know, but anger and resentment have a way of seeping into everything. <laughs> resentment is like a beach ball. We try to submerge in the water. No matter how valiant our efforts, wow. it pops up with all its vitality splashing everyone so around. Good. That's <laughs> really good. Isn't that, isn't that heavy? That's why I don't play with beach balls. Yeah. <laughs> and then one last one by Randy Smith. He says, it doesn't matter how bad you were hurt. It doesn't matter if the person has yet to ask for your forgiveness. It doesn't matter how strongly you feel you can justify your bitterness. It doesn't matter if the offender still continues to sin against you. Bitterness in any form is a sin against God. You are choosing to be bitter. You will never be free until you acknowledge your bitterness, own up to it, and ask for the Lord's forgiveness. It's good. It's like saying, uh, you don't choose to be sinned against, but you do get to choose how do you respond right. to being sinned against. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, there you have it, friends. Another one. Hope you're not bitter that we went a little longer than usual. But don't forget the basic training course, both physical and MP4 digital format, the Living Waters Mug, the Evidence Study Bible, all at livingwaters.com. Send in your comments and your thoughts to podcast at livingwaters.com. And don't forget to give us a rating and leave your comments. We read them sometimes. Thank you for joining us, friends. <laughs> we'll see you here next time on the Living Waters podcast. The ultimate cure for insomnia. <laughs> Why is there a... Winners, winners, winners. That's you, friends. Those of you who I'm about to announce are the winners of this week's podcast giveaway on the Living Waters podcast. We've got Carlos from Lamont, California, Daniel from Jamestown, North Carolina, Ed Washburn from Tennessee, David Norwood from North Carolina, Doug Campobello from South Carolina, Ali 
from Falls Church, Virginia, Adrian from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Joshua from Excelsior Springs, Missouri, Eva from Bow Island, Canada, and Penelope from Bardwell Park, Australia. Shout out to the Aussies and the Canadians out there. Friends, you can get this too, those of you who are listening. Just share the word and sign up for the Living Waters podcast.